Hi there, welcome to part three of New Year's resolutions series. Today we'll talk about finalizing your New Year's goals and resolutions using the remaining Scrum principles. Let's go. Welcome to the Monthly Method Podcast. This is a show for solopreneurs, creators, and artists who have a burning desire to launch a project. This is for a project that is not urgent, but truly important the one your best life depends on. Your host, Paulina B, is a certified Scrum Master. She brings a proven record of launching successful projects, both professional and personal. You will hear about tested techniques that lead to calm, consistency, and results. Stay tuned to turn your idea into reality one month at a time. So let's recap where we are at. We've done the review session, meaning that we've reviewed our progress on our goals and resolutions so far, what worked, what didn't. We've created a backlog file on our phones or in our notebooks. We've picked the sprint duration that we think is the right duration for the type of goals or resolutions that we have, and also the right duration for our own personality, where it's short enough for us to fill the deadline approaching, but long enough for us to generate some results. We've also evaluated sprint capacity by looking at our calendar and our commitments. We've picked the sprint objective and we've done some preliminary backlog grooming. So it's been a week. Hopefully we had some time to think about our goals and resolutions and which ones we should pick for the first sprint. As I've mentioned in my previous podcast, there are three different ways you can go about choosing your first sprint's goals. They can be complementary to the major commitment that you're working on, I gave an example of studying for a CPA exam or bar exam or something like that. So you would pick a goal that would help you achieve this external commitment. You can pick goals that will guarantee a better work-life balance and therefore avoid burnout. Or you can pick goals that have the most strategic byproducts. If you want to learn more, check out the episode from last week. Now it's time to finalize your sprint goals. So what you need to do is to create a new text file or open up a new page in your notebook if you're a pen and paper type of person. And you can call it sprint one, or you can call it January sprint if your duration is one month, or you can call it Q1 sprint it's up to you how you want to call it but it should be a separate file from your backlog in the next line you put your duration your date let's say from january 1st till january 31st or from january 1st till march 15th whatever duration you decided to pick just write down the date so that you know when the sprint ends And again, this deadline is very helpful and you need to see it on a daily basis. Then you write your sprint objective in one sentence. It shouldn't be more than that. It should be something that you can communicate easily to another person if they ask what you're working on. Again, not that you have to, but this is the format that I want you to think about, where it's short, concise, and easy to understand. 
And then you list out all the sprint goals that you have selected for the first sprint. These are the checkpoints that I want you to run every sprint goal through. Is it something that you have full control over? A much better goal would be to create and publish 10 videos on YouTube versus gaining a thousand subscribers. Creating and publishing videos is something that you have a full control over while getting a thousand subscribers is something that is dependent on other factors that are outside of your control for the most part. The next checkpoint is that the total sum of all the goals should not exceed your sprint capacity. So you shouldn't put more goals than you have time available. Then all the goals should be listed in order of priority and the top one should be the closest to the sprint objective. Then once you're done listing out your goals and organizing them in order of priority with the top one being the closest to the sprint objective, then you should add a definition of done for each of the goals. How will you know that it's done? And this definition of done should be highly objective, not subjective. Meaning, if you were to show this definition of done to a random person from the street, they would be able to evaluate if the goal is achieved or not. In one of my previous episodes, I gave an example of a home renovation project. Making a room look nicer is not a good definition of done because it's highly subjective. What does it mean? Nicer to me is not the same thing as nicer to you. And how do you know when you are done making something look nicer? In contrast, if your definition of done states that by the end of the sprint, the curtains should be up, coffee table assembled, pillows and throws added to the couch, and two, three paintings hung on the wall, this is an objective and good definition of done. Why is that? Because a random person from the street can walk into your living room, check for all these items and agree with you 100% on whether the goal is achieved or not. So why is it important to create a very clear and objective definition of done? I like to say that personal productivity is not about time management. It's about self-management. You can't manage time. There is 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. That's it. That's fixed. What is there to manage? The only thing that you can manage is yourself and more precisely, your brain. An objective definition of done brings clarity and stops any confusion. And our brains love clarity. When tasks are clearly defined, there is a lot less resistance coming from our brain. At any given point, we can negotiate with ourselves, with our brain, and say, listen, all we have left to do for this project is to assemble a coffee table. That's it. Everything else is done. And once we're done with the coffee table, we can cross this out and forget about the living room for the time being this goal is complete. In contrast, when we have a very vague goal of improving something or making something look nicer, 
the end is never in sight. There is always much more that you can do. As a response to this never-ending to-do list, our brain generates a lot of resistance, which is much harder to overcome. A clear definition of done will help you on a daily basis when you go through the sprint, because it will have a very clear image of what you're trying to achieve, and your brain will be much easier to work with when there is such clarity. So every goal or resolution for your sprint should have a clear definition of done. When will you know that it is done? If you want to go to the gym more often, how many times per week and for how long? If you want to eat healthier, how does it look like? What do you mean? Remember, if a random person was observing you, how would they know you're sticking to your New Year's resolution? It should be that easy to understand. If you want to start a YouTube channel, what would your progress be at the end of the first sprint? And remember, the progress should be measured in things you have full control over. So every goal you have, how would you know when you're done? If it's a habit that you're trying to build, then how many times do you want to go through this behavior? At what point do you think it will become automatic? How many times, for how long? These things are important. So that's it. Once you are done creating the definition of done for each of the goals, well, first of all, you shouldn't have too many goals to start because we've done the sprint capacity calculation and probably you don't have a lot of time available. So you should have a very manageable list of sprint goals or resolutions. Therefore, creating the definition of done shouldn't take you too much time. And once you're done, that's it. You are done planning your first sprint. Congratulations. And now you are all good to go and have your first sprint. I have five episodes that I have in my archive that I think you should listen. These five episodes will make sure that your first sprint goes smoothly. So the first one is the one-way to-do list. The second one is the daily stand-ups. Third one is how to create and follow your schedule. Fourth one, the one question that stops my procrastination. And the fifth one, the one question that turns a lazy day around. So the first three are more like tools and scrum concepts. And the last two are more about self-management and again, talking to your brain and making sure that it's on board to do the things that you said you want to do. And once you're done going through your first sprint, don't forget to do the sprint review at the end of the sprint. You need to do that to get that feedback loop started, the one that I've talked about in the first part of this series. I've walked you through the steps. If you don't remember, I have a separate episode on sprint review or sprint retrospective. People call it different things. So now that you will start going through your first sprint, you will learn a lot about the goals that you've set, about your own productivity, about your own self-management and how you can work together with your brain to fight resistance, procrastination, laziness, and all of that. So in order to make your next sprint even more effective, you need to have a solid foundation that 
consist of the learnings from the first sprint. So again, don't forget to do the sprint review. It's one of the most important parts of the whole Agile methodology, because otherwise you don't have the feedback loop going and you don't have the incremental improvement process going on. So if you went through these exercises and decided that one of your sprint goals or resolutions is to launch a side business, a podcast, a YouTube channel, build an app, check out the free workshop that I'm teaching specifically designed to launching products and services in three months or less using Agile principles. The link is in the show notes. You'll learn practical tips on how you can launch your creation in a very short period of time. I'll be teaching this workshop for a limited time. Make sure to reserve your spot while it's available. If you have any questions about the concepts that I've taught in this New Year's resolution series, feel free to send me a message through the contact page on my website, monthlymethod.com. The link will be in the show notes. I'll be more than happy to clarify some of the things or maybe even record the Q&A episode if I have enough questions. So that's it. Have a fantastic week. Happy holidays and happy new year. And I'll talk to you in 2023. Cheers. Hey, before you go, I just wanted to let you know that if you want to try the monthly method for yourself, check out the guide, the free guide available at monthlymethod.com guide. It will walk you through planning your entire week based on the core principles behind the monthly method. What do you have to lose? It's just one week and it's free. The link is in the show notes.